0: Chapter 12, verses 13 through 23. Of Catina Aria, Gospel of St. Luke, Part 2, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 13 through 15. And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother, that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed, and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Ambrose, the whole of the former passage is given to prepare us for undergoing suffering for confessing the Lord, or contempt of death, or for the hope of reward, or for denunciation of the punishment that will await him whom pardon will never be granted. And since covetousness is generally wont to try virtue, for destroying this also a precept and example is added, As it is said, and one of the company said to him, Speak to my brother, that he divide the inheritance with me. Theophylact, as these two brothers were contending concerning the division of their parental inheritance, it follows that one meant to defraud the other. But our Lord teaches us that we ought not to be set on earthly things, and rebukes him that called him to the division of inheritance. As it follows, and he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? Bede, he who wills to impose the trouble of division of lands upon the master, who is commending the joys of heavenly peace, is rightly called man. According to that, whereas there is envying strife and divisions among you, are ye not men? Cyril? now the Son of God, when he was made like unto us, was appointed by God the Father to be king and prince upon his holy mount of Zion, to make known the divine command. Ambrose, well then does he avoid earthly things who had descended for the sake of divine things, and deigns not to be judge of strifes and arbiter of laws, having the judgment of the quick and dead, and the recompensing of works, you should consider then not what you seek, but from whom you ask it, and you should not eagerly suppose that the greater are to be distributed by the less. Therefore is this brother deservedly disappointed who desired to occupy the steward of heavenly things with corruptible, seeing that between brothers no judge should intervene, but natural affection should be the umpire to divide the patrimony, although immortality, not riches, should be the patrimony which men should wait for. Bede he takes occasion from this foolish petitioner to fortify both the multitudes and his disciples alike, by precept and example, against the plague of covetousness. Once it follows, he said to them, Take heed, and beware of all covetousness. And he says of all because some things seem to be honestly done, but the internal judge decides with what intention they are done. Cyril, Or he says of all covetousness, that is, great and little, for covetness is unprofitable as the lord says ye shall build houses of hewn stone and shall not dwell in them and elsewhere yea ten acres of vineyards shall yield one bath and the seed and omer shall yield an ephah." but also in another way it is unprofitable as he shows adding for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance etc Theophylact this our lord says to rebuke the motives of the covetous who seem to heap up riches, as if they were going to live for a long time. But will wealth ever make thee long-lived? Why then dost thou manifestly undergo evils, for the sake of an uncertain rest? For it is doubtful whether thou ought to attain to an old age, for the sake of which thou art collecting treasures. Verses 16-21 through And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully, Who shall those things be, which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself, and is not rich towards God. Theophylact, having said that the life of man is not extended by abundance of wealth, he adds a parable to induce belief in this, as it follows, and he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. Basil, not indeed about to reap any good from his plenty of fruits but that the mercy of god might the more appear which extends its goodness even to the bad sending down his reign upon the just and the unjust but what are the things wherewith this man repays his benefactor he remembered not his fellow-creatures nor deemed that he ought to give of his superfluities to the needy his barns indeed bursting from the abundance of his stores yet was his greedy mind by no means satisfied he was unwilling to put up with his old ones because of his covetousness, and not able to undertake new ones because of the number, for his counsels were imperfect, and his care burden. Hence it follows, and he thought, his complaint is like that of the poor, does not the man oppressed with want say, what shall I do, whence can I get food, whence clothing, such things also the rich man utters for his mind is distressed on account of his fruits pouring out from his storehouse, lest perchance, when they have come forth, they should profit the poor, like the glutton who had rather burst from eating than give anything of what remains to the starving. Gregory. O adversity, the child of plenty! For saying, What shall I do? He surely betokens that, oppressed by the success of his wishes, he labours, as it were, under a load of goods. Basil. It was easy for him to say, I will open my barn, I will call together the needy. But he has no thought of want, only of amassing. For it follows, and he said, This will I do, I will pull down my barns. Thou doest well, for the storehouses of iniquity are worthy of destruction. Pull down thy barns, from which no one receives comfort. He adds, I will build greater, But if thou shalt complete these wilt thou again destroy them what more foolish than labouring on for ever thy barns if thou wilt are the home of the poor but thou wilt say whom do i wrong by keeping what is mine own for it follows also and there will i bestow all my fruits and my goods tell me what is thine from whence did thou get it and bring it unto life as he who anticipates the public games Injures those who are coming by appropriating to himself what is appointed for the common use, so likewise the rich who regard as their own the common things which they have forestalled. For if every one receiving what is sufficient for his own necessity would leave what remains to the needy, there would be no rich or poor. Cyril, observe also in another respect the folly of his words when he says, I will gather all my fruits as if the thought that he had not obtained them from God, but that they were the fruits of his own labors. Basil, but if thou confessest that those things have come to thee from God, is God then unjust in distributing to us unequally? Why dost thou abound while another begs, unless that thou shouldest gain the rewards of a good stewardship, and be honored with the meed of patience? Art not thou then a robber, For counting as thine own, what thou hast received to distribute. It is the bread of the famished, which thou receivest, the garment of the naked, which thou hoardest in thy chest, the shoe of the barefooted, which rots in thy possession, the money of the penniless, which thou hast buried in the earth. Wherefore, then, dost thou injure so many to whom thou mightest be a benefactor? Chrysostom but in this he errs, that he thinks those things good, which are indifferent. For there are some things good, some evil, some between the two. The good are chastity and humility, and the like, which when a man chooses he becomes good. But opposed to these are the evil, which, when a man chooses, he becomes bad. And there are the neutral as riches, which at one time indeed are directed to good as to almsgiving at other times to evil as to covetousness and in like manner poverty at one time leads to blasphemy at another to wisdom according to the disposition of the user the rich man then builds barns which last not but decay and what is still more foolish reckons for himself upon a long life for it follows and i will say unto my soul, soul Thou hast much goods laid up for many years. But, O rich man, thou hast indeed fruits in thy barns. But as for many years, whence canst thou obtain them? Athanasius. Now if any one lives so as to die daily, seeing that her life is naturally uncertain, he will not sin, for the greater fear destroys very much pleasure. But the rich man, on the contrary, promising to himself length of life, seeks after pleasures for he says rest that is from toil eat drink and be merry that is with great luxury basil thou art so careless with respect to the goods of the soul that thou ascribest the meats of the body to the soul if indeed it has virtue if it is fruitful in good works if it clings to god it possesses many goods and rejoices with a worthy joy but because thou art altogether carnal and subject to the passions, thou speakest from thy belly, not from thy soul. Chrysostom. Now it behooves us not to indulge in delights which, fattening the body, make lean the soul, and bring a heavy burden upon it, and spread darkness over it, and a thick covering, because in pleasure our governing part, which is the soul, becomes the slave, but the subject part, namely the body, rules. But the body is in need, not of luxuries, but of food, that it may be nourished, not that it may be racked and melt away. For not to the soul alone are pleasures hurtful, but to the body itself, because from being a strong body it becomes weak, from being healthy diseased, from being active slothful, from being beautifully unshapely, and from youthful old. Basil. But he was permitted to deliberate in everything, and to manifest his purpose, that he might receive a sentence such as his inclinations deserved. But while he speaks in secret, his words are weighed in heaven, from whence the answers come to him. For it follows But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall they require of thee. Hear the name of folly, which most properly brings to thee which not man has imposed, but God himself gregory the same night he was taken away who had expected many years that he indeed who had in gathering stores for himself looked a long time forward should not see even the next day chrysostom they shall require of thee for perhaps certain dread powers were sent to require it since if when going from city to city we want a guide much more will the soul when released from the body and passing to a future life need direction on this account many times the soul rises and sinks into the deep again when it ought to depart from the body for the consciousness of our sins is ever pricking us but most of all when we are going to be dragged before the awful tribunal for when the whole accumulation of crimes is brought up again and placed before the eyes it astounds the mind And as prisoners are always indeed sorrowful, but particularly at the time when they are going to be brought before the judge, so also the soul at this time is greatly tormented by sin and afflicted, but much more after it has been removed. Gregory, but in the night the soul is taken away, which had gone forth in the darkness of its heart, being unwilling to have the light of consideration, so as to foresee what it might suffer but he adds, Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? Chrysostom. For here shalt thou leave those things, and not only reap no advantage from them, but carry a load of sins upon thy shoulders. And these things which thou hast laid up will, for the most part, come into the hands of enemies. But of thee shall an account of them be required. It follows, So is he that layeth up treasure for himself, and is not rich toward God, will not lay up treasures for himself, but distribute his possessions to the poor. Ambrose, for in vain he amasses wealth, who knows not how to use it. Neither are these things ours, which we cannot take away with us. Virtue alone is the companion of the dead. Mercy alone follows us, which gains for the dead an everlasting habitation. Verses 22 and 23. And he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life what ye shall eat, neither for the body what ye shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Theophylact, the Lord carries us onward by degrees to a more perfect teaching, for he taught us above to beware of covetousness, and he added the parable of the rich man, intimating thereby that the fool is he who desires more than is enough then as his discourse goes on he forbids us to be anxious even about necessary things plucking out the very root of covetousness. whence he says therefore i say unto you take no thought as if he said since he is a fool who awards to himself a longer measure of life and is thereby rendered more covetous be not ye careful for your soul what ye shall eat Not that the intellectual soul eats, but because there seems no other way for the soul to dwell united to the body except by being nourished. Or because it is part of the animate body to receive nourishment, he fitly ascribes nourishment to the soul. For the soul also is a nutritive power, as it is so understood. Be not then anxious for the nourishing part of the soul what ye shall eat. But a dead body may also be clothed, therefore he adds nor for your body what ye shall put on chrysostom now the words take no thought are not the same as do no work but have not your minds fixed on earthly things for it so happens that the man who is working takes no thought cyril now the soul is more excellent than food and the body than clothing therefore he adds life is more than meat etc As if he said, God who has implanted that which is greater, how will he not give that which is less? Let not our attention then be stayed upon trifling things, nor our understanding serve to seek for food and raiment, but rather think on whatever saves the soul and raises it to the heavenly kingdom. Ambrose. Now, nothing is more likely to produce conviction in believers that God can give us all things. That the ethereal spirit perpetuates the vital union of the soul and body in close relationship without our exertion, and the healthy giving use of food does not fail until the last day of death has arrived. Since then the soul is clothed with the body as with a garment, and the body is kept alive by the vigor of the soul, it is absurd to suppose that a supply of food will be wanting to us who are in possession of the everlasting substance of life. End of chapter 12, verses 13 through 23.